I think people settle because they don't know how amazing they are and they also have a fear of mm-hmm. what if I don't find someone else I'm 30 years old or I'm whatever years old and everyone's taken this is the best that I'm gonna get I don't want to start over with a new person I've built such a life with this person even though it's not the best life I can't just start new like I have you know I'm so close with our family our friends are intertwined there's always gonna be a reason that people find to settle Well, hello everyone and welcome back to Bougie Best Friend Podcast. It is me, me, your host, Coco Cornelia Slunski. And since we are in the month of love, February, as the media likes to call it, I figured who else should I bring on the show than the OG podcaster, Lindsay Metzeler. She has a podcast called We Met at Acme and it is the absolute staple in the dating podcasting world. And I had my video blow up, I think two years ago, my no coffee walk date video. And we connected through a friend. So I was on her podcast. How many times can somebody say the word podcast in less than a minute? I was on her podcast and I was so nervous. Funny. I told her that when we were recording that, you know, since I, I looked up to her and I mean, I still do. I love everything she's creating. And it was kind of like, intimidating to be on her podcast, but she said you couldn't really tell. So A plus for me. But overall, I really love her. I love her take on, you know, relationships. There's some things that we don't agree with. Actually, my no coffee walk date, she is not against coffee dates. So that is interesting. I'm actually going to link that episode in the show notes so you can take a listen. But before I start blabbing uncontrollably, I just wanted to read a review from one of you. And guys, can we please just agree that um, you're all going to leave a rating and review and you're going to follow and subscribe to the show because it just means so much and um, it would be just so nice. Like, just please do it. Okay. Thank you. (laughs) Okay. This review says relatable from D. Sandak. Coco is down to earth, relatable, and gives great straightforward advice. She discusses a wide range of topics and truly wants her listeners to be the best version of themselves. And that is absolutely true. Thank you for this wonderful review. And uh, yeah, I think I should just stop talking now and let's hear from Lindsay. Hi, Lindsay, and welcome to Bougie Best Friend Podcast. Hi, I'm so happy to be here. And this is the first time I've ever been on a podcast and had my makeup done because I just came from a shoot. And I feel like the irony is not lost on me that you (laughs) are who you are. Yeah, it's and we're matching outfits. We are wearing matching outfits. Yeah. Yeah. So I absolutely love this. Lindsay... First of all, you are the OG dating podcast person. Your podcast, We Met at Acme. I'm sure everybody who's listening to dating podcasts is kind of knows about you and who you are. And I have to tell you, when I was on your podcast last year, I was so nervous. I don't know if I ever told you that. (laughs) No, and you didn't seem nervous at all. Yeah, I was really nervous because I was like you know, you, you, I always listen to your episodes. So I was like, wow, I'm here now. It was just like a weird moment. And then we became friends after. So it's just funny how life works sometimes. That is so funny. I love it. So for those of you who might not know about you and your podcast, I would just like a little background where you are, where you're from and all the basics. 
Yeah. So my name is Lindsay, which you said already. I don't know why I'm pretending it's the first time I've ever been on a podcast. Um, I am 32. I'm from New York. I'm currently married and I've had a podcast called We Met at Acme for five and a half years, which is a dating podcast, um, as you mentioned. And I started it when I was brutally single and somehow now I've convinced someone to marry me, but I've learned a lot in the process. And that's something I wanted to ask you all of those years. It's five years now, right? For the podcast. Yeah. Over five years, which is crazy. You talk to so many people, so many different perspectives. What would you say is one thing that you, you thought one way and then throughout these years of talking to people and learning about, you know, the world, something that did you change your mind about something? Oh, definitely. The one major thing I changed my mind about is I used to think that not that you should settle, but that no relationship like had everything that you wanted and you were going to have to make like compromises and sorry about the ambulance in New York. Um, and that, you know, it's okay to not be happy, like, you know, however percent of the time and, it's okay to not have the same interests and it's okay to this and it's okay to that because that's what I was accepting in past relationships through mm -hmm. the podcast and through learning and speaking to people. I have learned that you should never settle. I am with my husband now. I don't feel like I, I felt like I was able to have it all with him. I'm sure you feel mm -hmm. similarly with your boyfriend and I just feel like that changed for me. Like I learned through other people talking to me about their relationships that you can be really happy and you don't have to just like be like fighting with your partner and some days are good and some days are bad, you know? Yeah. And would you say there's a common theme throughout all these conversations? What do people struggle with the most? People really struggle with, um, if they're single, they struggle with like going from the dating app to the in-person conversation. They get really lost in the conversation and, and like getting this person to actually ask them out, ask for a plan, make the plan. Um, and then also people really struggle once they're in relationships or once they're dating someone to figure out where this is going. Like, how do I bring it up? Are they going to bring it up? Um, and then if we're talking later on after that, people struggle to be like, is this the person I definitely want to marry, you know, with doubts and doubts are a really real thing. And I have a very controversial take, which I know you love a controversial take, mm -hmm. <laughs> which is that if you have any doubts, you shouldn't be with that person. Mm -hmm. So tell me more about that. If somebody is in a relationship and everything is perfect, but maybe, I don't know, maybe just don't, they don't see, they don't have the same interests, or maybe there's just some major things that are completely different but everything else is perfect and I have I get those questions all the time like everything is perfect but in which cases you would say you should continue working on the relationship or you think you should just walk away yeah I mean it's there's a difference between like everything is perfect but I'm not attracted to them like that's mm -hmm. a huge thing that means <laughs> everything is not perfect right <laughs> Versus like everything is perfect, but he leaves his shoes out all the time mm -hmm. and it's so mm -hmm. annoying. Then I'm like, you can get over that. You can work through that. Like you will be fine. Um, and so it just depends. And I also like I learned a while ago, um, a very wise person who came on my podcast told me like 
it's not like if you're like everything's perfect but i hate the way that they cough it's like it's not the mm-hmm. cough there's something else mm-hmm. that you are having an mm-hmm. issue with with this person so it's like get to the bottom of it yeah because if you love them so much you wouldn't really be i mean maybe you're gonna get annoyed about a specific cough but but it wouldn't like annoy you to the point where you're now going to someone to talk to Mm -hmm. them about this specific cough because it's that annoying you know why do you think people settle i think people settle because they don't know how amazing they are and they also have a fear of Mm -hmm. what if i don't find someone else I'm 30 years old or I'm whatever years old and everyone's taken, this -hmm. is the best that I'm going to get. I don't want to start over with a new person. I've built such a life with this person, even though it's not the best life, I can't just start new. Like I have, you know, I'm so close with our family. Our friends are intertwined. There's always going to be a reason that people Mm -hmm. find to settle. And then how do they finally get out of that relationship if they feel like they're they're settling? I had a similar situation in my past and it mm-hmm. was so hard for me to walk away because I felt like, well, this is my entire life. I'm not just going to be walking away from this relationship. I'm going to walk away from this entire life. And me living here alone in the US, it was just like, this is all I know. There's right. nobody else I can go to. So that was my situation. But what do you think? Why do people, is it the strength they need to find inside of themselves or some kind of outside judgment? I think there's a few different reasons. I mean, obviously there's like the intimidation factor. Like if you're dating someone who genuinely makes you think that you can't do better um, Mm -hmm. or like that borderlines on like abuse and things like that, like that can be really, really hard to deal with and go through. Um, I think also like, unfortunately, our friends sometimes will validate things that shouldn't be validated. Like I remember I was in a relationship that was definitely a little bit toxic and we would fight all the time and I would complain to a friend and she would always be like it's fine like couples fight like that's Mm -hmm. normal because like to her maybe that was in in her relationship right Mm -hmm. and so I just like would go back and I'd be like oh I should be okay with this like this is something I should be accepting I think also society is a huge part of why people stay. Um, And it just makes you feel like less than when you're single. And Mm -hmm. so in order to like get out of that situation, I think that you have to do the work on yourself and like realize your self-worth and be like, I'm a fucking badass. I have a great career. I have great friends. Like I'm going to be okay. And Like I can either be unhappy and marry this person and like be miserable forever or like take a risk and see what's on the other side. And I think it's always worth the risk. You mentioned you were in a toxic relationship and I feel like in every episode I talk about toxic relationships, but I think they're so important to be talked about and why. First off, do you think that toxic people, like when you're in a toxic relationship, do you think that one side is toxic or two sides are kind of making each other toxic or do you think there's like some kind of toxicity cycle? Yeah, I think it depends. But most relationships, the two people are toxic for each other. Like they're just not Mm -hmm. a good, like, I don't, I don't, I'm not saying like one person was right or like, I'm not, I'm not going to talk about like the Johnny Depp Amber Heard case because I don't Mm -hmm. know. But what I do know for sure is that they were both toxic for each other. 
Like that's mm-hmm. for sure. And so I think that a lot of these toxic relationships, um, it's just not a match, but they don't realize that. And so they try to make it work and it ends up becoming a toxic situation. Either that or there's like a narcissist situation. And when people throw around the word narcissism, what what is your take on narcissistic relationships? I think it happens when one person is a narcissist and they make it like all about them and, um, you know, they kind of love bomb the other person and then like do all the things that narcissists do. Like they take you away from your family. They make you feel isolated. It's a really scary experience that like, I can't really speak that much on because I'm not a therapist, but I know that, you know, a lot of my followers have been in, in relationships like that, unfortunately. Funny enough, I have a friend, a really, really, she was one of my best friends when I was living in New York. I was living in New York for around seven and a half years and we were super close and we maintained close as I moved to Miami and she got a really, she got into a relationship last year around February and I haven't spoken to her since May and not by my choice. She just like, she, and I tried talking to her about it. I didn't say, yo, your boyfriend's a narcissist. I never met him. So I I can't really speak on that, but I, I just saw such major changes in her behavior and at some, I mean, at some point I unfollowed her on Instagram and all that because I was also a little hurt. I mean, I'm still hurt because I wouldn't be probably mentioning it if I wasn't hurt, Yeah. but I'm just, I'm honestly scared for her and for whatever she might be going through right now, because she also like deleted her social media. Like, you know, when people start going through these so unlike, unlikely behavior or like just when they're acting so out of character and yeah, let's let's see what happens with her because we're not in touch anymore. But yeah, that, that is that's like a huge sign that she is definitely dating a narcissist. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. I have a question for you about something that you talked about on your podcast, a 90-10 rule. Mm. Can you please share about that is security and independence in a relationship, something like that. I'm not sure if I'm saying this correctly. Yeah. So I think that the best relationships have 90% security and 10% insecurity. And what that means is you should be 90% secure that your partner loves you, wants to be with you, only has eyes for you, is, you know, your ride or die, whatever it is. And you should be 10% insecure that they might leave you, find someone better, that they're such a catch. And if you don't have that 10% security, you're going to take your partner for granted 1000%. You are going to not really care how you act around this person. You're not going to have like that fear to like keep this person. And Mm -hmm. that 10% will give you that. And so oftentimes like, you know, I think guys more than girls in hetero relationships will have a hundred percent certainty because their girlfriend or wife or whatever, um, is like all in with them, doesn't have her own life, you know, is doing whatever he says, et cetera. And that can be a really big turn on for guys. Alternatively, there are so many of my friends whose husbands and boyfriends and whatever don't have a lot of friends, don't have their own life. And that to the women is also a turnoff. So it's about maintaining your individuality, maintaining your social life outside of 
this person and showing them that like, hey, I'm amazing. This is why, like, you know, people like me, blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. Do you think you have that? I definitely have that. I'm a very social person and I love doing things on my own. Mm -hmm. And I, I even just love to, I love being alone. And I feel like as I get older, I enjoy my company way more than I did in my 20s. Totally. Actually, I did not like my 20s. I mean, mm. I moved to New York and like it was, you know, it was life was f- super fun and great, but when I see the way I saw myself and the way I see myself now, I was super insecure. Oh yeah. And I always too. I always try to be validated by other people and now I absolutely don't. How yeah. are your 20s? You said it's similar. Oh my god, same thing. I was like a mess in my early 20s. My 20s didn't start getting good until I turned 28 probably. Um, I was, I was just like, yeah, I was insecure. I was going for the wrong guys, hanging with the wrong friends. I was making bad choices. Like I was a a hot mess. I like, I'm sober now because of my twenties, basically. Tell me about your sobriety. Yeah. How did that happen? How did you decide? And yeah, just tell me more about your journey. Yeah. Well, I was always a huge weed smoker and it's so funny because weed is so normalized in our society Mm -hmm. like almost more than alcohol now and it's like a plant from the earth but a lot of people don't know that like it is very addictive and it can be addicting for someone who has an addictive personality and I kind of found my niche with it and became like obsessed with it and became addicted to it And I would smoke all day, every day, and I would sometimes pair it with alcohol at night and then like blackout because when you mix that, um, and I would put it in front of like everything, like in front of my friends, in front of my family, in front of my boyfriends. And it was like, I could not live without it. And then it got to a point where I was like, I need to stop. This is unmanageable. What did your friends and family say? They were pretty much all all supportive. I had some friends who I would smoke with and partied with and whatever, who were like, Oh, you don't have a problem. But I think Mm -hmm. that was more of like a reflection on how they felt about like themselves, which is fair because I remember when I was like, you know, drinking and smoking and people would tell me they were sober. I'd be like, what? Like you drink less than me or you smoke less than me, you know? So did you stop everything? Smoking, drinking, Cold turkey or cold turkey. And for me, that was doable because I Mm -hmm. had like resources. I had sober friends, a sober community, and I wasn't coming off of like benzos or like, you know, Mm -hmm. heroin or like something dangerous to detox from. Um, I didn't drink as much as I smoked. So really it was like, I did have withdrawal symptoms, but it was just like from weed. So it wasn't dangerous to go cold turkey. those who are listening and they think they might smoke weed a little too much. How much yeah. would you say is too much? I think like mm. when it starts affecting your day-to-day life and your relationships. When it starts affecting your day-to-day life, when you get irritable without it, um, like you're traveling and you need it, you can't just like be without it. When it starts to, you need weed to sleep, you need weed to like eat, um, mm-hmm. you, you know you get like offended when you can't smoke in someone's apartment, like things like that, you know, when you're smoking alone and Mm -hmm. you're not like doing it socially. 
then it's definitely something to question. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, but back to relationships. I would love to know all about your your husband that I had the pleasure to meet. He was so nice. Please tell us, how did you guys meet? Tell me your entire love story. So we actually ran into each other, kind of knew each other when we were 25, but we were both in relationships at the time. And then years later, when we were both 29 and in Miami on New Mm -hmm. Year's Eve, we ran into each other at a party and he totally hit on me. Like I was actually with (laughs) someone else I was dating at the time and he fully hit on me. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I... I like what like you know the guy I'm dating right there um but in my mind I was like that's like I was like noted noted that guy's Mm -hmm. so cute and he he seems amazing and I wasn't happy in the relationship I was in at the time it ended up ending after that after that trip (laughs) pretty much but it was like on its way out And I reached out to Steven and I was like, I'm single now. Like you can finally take me out or something cheeky like that. Cause I had known that he had hit on me and whatever and thought I was cute. And so that was, yeah, that was when we were 29 and the rest is kind of history. I love that. And how did you guys make it official? Mm. How long were you dating in the beginning? Kind of casually dating. And then when did you decide that, you know, he's the guy you want to spend your life with? We were dating casually for like two months. Um, I, because I was like recently out of a relationship, really wanted to like test all the waters and see, you know, if Steven was right for me. But I did know after the first date that he was. But that's why I was like, I need to date other people because I can't put all my eggs Mm -hmm. in this basket, you know. And Mm -hmm. so I was dating here and there. And then um, the pandemic hit. And we were like, neither of us really knew what to do. We were like, should we spend this together? Should we be apart? And I think we both really wanted to continue hanging out, but we had to be safe. So we literally had Mm -hmm. to like let our guards down and hang out, just us, no one else. And we really liked it. And so he ended up asking me to be his girlfriend. And then we were dating for about a year and a half before he proposed. Because again, like when you meet and you're 29, 30, you, you know more of like what you want. And for us, it just worked so seamlessly. And like, because it was COVID, I think like COVID years equal like five real years. And we just felt like we had known each other so well. And I, I knew he was the one and I guess he knew I was the one because he proposed and yeah. I mean, when you even talk about him, you start smiling. So I think absolutely (laughs) you guys were meant to be together. Uh, How did he propose? It was really cute. We were at my parents' house and they live on this like pond. And our friend and his family live across the pond. And so we all like, we always joke about like meeting up on the pond and whatever. And he called me we were supposed to go out to dinner. I had made the reservations cause I'm like very type a and there was no You're Virgo, way. He, right? No, I'm a Libra, but I have Virgo. My entire mm-hmm. chart is Virgo, which is probably why you're getting that energy. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> I am so like type a that I had everything planned out to a T for that night. I was, we were going to dinner, like meeting his parents first, then going to dinner. So I was like dressed up for dinner, obviously. 
And there was no way he was going to surprise me because like I plan everything. He plans nothing. Mm -hmm. So if he was like, I made this plan, I was, I would have been like, we are proposing. And so Mm -hmm. everything was still set to plan. Like I had this reservation. I had made it. I had the confirmation and we were about to leave, but we had like some time because his parents were taking a while or so he said, you know, and so he was like, or he didn't say anything. He was just like living his life, whatever. And then I got a call from my friend who lives across the pond. And he was like, hey, I'm down like by the pond, actually in a kayak. Come say hi. And I was like, oh my God, we have to say hi. So I, he didn't even say bring Steven. I was like, Steven, come, let's say hi to, like he just knew me so well that he yeah. knew that I would make him come with me to say hi. I was like, let's go say hi to Ryan. So we start walking down to the pond and we get to the pond or like right next to the pond. And I'm like, where, where's Ryan? So I get out my phone to call him. I'm like, I don't see him. And he takes my phone and he puts it down and he's like, Ryan's not coming. And I was like, what? And he got down on one knee and I was like, oh my God, oh my God. Like, how is this real? And then a random girl like came out of a bush with a, with a camera I was like, this is the craziest thing. I had, I did not expect it at all. It was wild. And then our family was waiting. Both of our families were waiting when we got back. It was so cute. I don't know if you can see my eyes are watery. I don't like. Oh I'm, my god! I remember I saw these photos on your Instagram. It was super cute. And shout out to Ryan for hooking everything up. He really amazing. hooked it up. He's like, this is my claim to fame now. Okay, amazing. And how does Stephen? When you guys met, you obviously already had the podcast and you talked about dating a lot. How how does he feel about you sharing so much about your your life now with him and also your past? Yeah, he because he knew I had already had the podcast when we started dating, mm-hmm. it's kind of like he signed up for this in a way, um, which is interesting because I want to ask you how your boyfriend failed because it's mm-hmm. yours is like more new, but um, he knew what he was getting himself into. And so like I it comes with the territory that like I was going to talk about my relationship. I'm not going to describe his penis, but like (laughs) I'm going to talk about the gist of our relationship because I'm very vulnerable and open and he's okay with it for the most part. He just doesn't want to be like a fixture in the podcast. He came on one Mm -hmm. episode and he was such a good sport, but he's like, I'm not ever doing it again. And like, I get that because he's a very private person. And so Mm -hmm. he's okay with me sharing about me and like, including him, like, but not without his consent. Mm-hmm. What about your situation? Well, my boyfriend is super private. I think yeah. he has like 12 posts on Instagram, all curated by me. So he has like a nice feed or something. Mm-hmm. And he, his all his entire friend group, they're just so a completely different world. They have They don't really use social media the way we do. They don't, it's just like Instagram for them is an app. Right. It was funny. We were at a wedding in Israel and one of the girls came to me and she's like, I never met an influencer before. This is so fun. Like, tell me all about it. So they literally don't really know much about this world. Yeah. And when we started dating, I was posting again. He also like saw the videos and he knew who I was, but I was posting videos that were a little more provocative, maybe a little Mm. more vulgar, even more attention seeking, more like oh, I want to go viral. So let me just do whatever I can do to blow up. At the same time, I kind of like I stood behind those videos, but maybe not the way I was speaking in the 
videos or something like mm-hmm. sometimes when i look back to those videos i'm like oh my god this is kind of cringe <laughs> but whatever it was a, it was a phase and then we did have a big adjustment period because he just didn't understand like why do i have this need to talk to people and why do i right. need to share and what is this just kind of just like why and then when he realized that this is literally who I am and I've been doing this for, I mean, I had a blog when I was 16. Yeah. So I always had this in me, but it took me a while to kind of find my path and mm-hmm. find my voice even in this you know, world of social media. Even when we connected, my content was so different. It was more like, as I said, just like, oh, look at me. I'm mm-hmm. here telling people what to do. And now as I started as I started a podcast, as I started talking to more and more people, as I started learning about relationships, and I was always very interested in, you know, psychology and human relationships and why do we do what we do. And I think that I heard this saying once, like you create content for you five years ago. And when I was in that shitty relationship, as you mentioned, like my friends were giving me bad advice. They were just telling me, yeah, that's normal. Like you're lucky. Like there's, there's right. way worse men out there. Mm-hmm. You should just stay with him. I, I was, I just, I never had anybody tell me break up with this guy. Right. Nobody. And I wish that there was somebody like me. I mean, me today that was, had that kind of content that I was, you know, just tell me like, okay, you can walk away from the toxic relationship. But yeah, to answer your question in general, he's okay with me being me he also did one episode with me, my first episode ever, because I was just so scared. I was so nervous. I I don't know why even I I mean, I've been in the social media space for so long, but it was just so different to have yeah. a podcast and like who's gonna listen to me speak so much? It was just right. so weird. So he did my first episode. But we didn't like say his name or it was like the mis- mis- mystery man in the back, but most people realized it was him. And for those of you who didn't, please go check out that episode. Yeah, <laughs> I'm going to go listen after this. Yeah, but I don't really post him much anymore. And actually, I want to ask you, what do you think about this? Because what do you think about people constantly posting their partners on social media? Do you think that some kind of, you know, there's, there's multiple opinions on sharing your love on the internet? I think it's fine. I mean... I like, I definitely post photos with my husband. I don't like story him all day though. I feel like Mm -hmm. there's a difference between like posting because like for me, like I love him to death, but like sometimes I'm posting because I don't want every photo to be just of me alone. You know what Mm -hmm. I mean? Mm -hmm. It's not like deeper than that. Um, Or like, I just like my, the photo of me, but I have been in relationships in the past where like I would post even though we were miserable and I just Mm -hmm. wanted to like keep up appearances. So I think it's more about like, why are you posting this person? Like check in with yourself. Like, are you posting because like you want to prove to yourself that you're happy and you want to look back at these photos and say, Oh yeah, I wasn't that unhappy in that, that Mm -hmm. week, you know, or are you doing it because you're like, I love them. I love this photo Mm -hmm. of us. I'm posting it. You know, it's like, Mm -hmm. And sometimes it's hard to distinguish between the two because social media is so not real. What is your opinion in general on social media behavior in relationship? You know, guys liking other girls' photos, that that topic keeps on repeating in my Wobokoka yeah. news and my podcast all the time. So I want to know what's your take on that. I don't think that's ever going to change. Like, And I don't think it's 
it means anything. Like guys are basically the way that Instagram is there didn't, there was never anything like that in the past. And like our dads and like grandpas, like would have done the same shit probably, you know, (laughs) it's like, it's not cute. It's lazy. It's immature. It's sloppy, but like, there are so many beautiful women out there and like Mm -hmm. men like want to double tap on their photo. If it's not their photo, then they're going to look at porn. If it's not porn, it's going to be something else. And so as long as you trust this person and they don't make a fool out of you, um, Mm -hmm. then like let them double tap on an Instagram model. Like it's, it's not that serious. Obviously it's easier said than done. My husband doesn't have Instagram. So it's easy for me to say that because I'm like, Oh, you know, (laughs) but so I don't know how I would really feel, but I'd imagine because I trust him so much, like Mm -hmm. I don't care. I mean, I don't care when he watches porn. I don't know if that's similar, but I don't. So I don't know. What do you think? I think that it is embarrassing when a guy is showing his, you can, I, I, I'm the first one to admit there's, you know, another beautiful woman, another beautiful man. I have no problem with, you know, talking about other people being attractive in the world. But I wouldn't want my boyfriend liking random Instagram models and then maybe our mutual friend sees that or my mom sees that or my brother right. sees that. I think mm. that is, you know, and, and and I made a few videos about that. And then some people call me hypocritical because I had bikini photos on my feet. And first of all, I don't even have bikini photos on my feet. I just live in Miami. So I sometimes wear a bikini. Right. I mean, not that there's anything wrong with bikini photos. I'm actually going to slap one in the next few days just to like keep my engagement up. But, yeah. you know, people, it's different when they're asking for their attention and, you know, maybe one day it's going to be a like and a comment. And then the other day he's going to be sliding into somebody's DMs. Because what I always say when I have girls asking me this question, or maybe if they go through their DMs and they see that this guy was maybe DMing a random model, mm. I asked the girl, do you think that he would sleep with her if he had the chance? And that is your, you know, that, that's what that's what you need to know about this relationship. Would he cheat on you with this dream girl right. if he can? Right. Like, is so, that why he's liking the photo? Because he thinks that maybe it'll give him a chance with her. Cause that's different than just being like, she's hot. I'm going to tell, like, I'm going to, you know, double tap yeah. because yeah. I want to be supportive versus yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I want a chance. That's like the wanting a chance thing. That's straight up delusion. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's like they're an Instagram model with millions of followers and like, yeah, like driving, you know, yeah. like you're fucking nuts. Yeah. Good. Congrats. Like, good luck. Yeah. Good luck. Good luck. Yeah. What is your opinion on cheating in general? No, I have no, no tolerance for that shit. Would you say there's ever a situation in which you should forgive somebody for cheating? No, honestly, no. Like I, I'm so like lax when it comes to that stuff with my husband Mm -hmm. that like, I joke about this with him. Cause I'm like, I literally like get turned on by the thought of him with someone else. So like, if Mm -hmm. you really wanted to be with someone else, then like, tell me so that like, Mm -hmm. I could like, you know, it's like, I just communicate. Like, yeah, I'll watch. I don't care. (laughs) Just don't do it behind my back and lie. Like that's what makes it so awful. You know? What about when people stay in relationships, marriages, because they have kids, but they're obviously, you know, not working out. Yeah. I think the kids know more than you think. And they want their parents to be happy. And so I don't 
obviously, again, like I'm not in the situation, so I can't tell you what I would do if I were, Mm -hmm. but I see this pattern of like waiting till your kids are old enough and like Mm -hmm. leave the nest and then getting a divorce. It's like, why be miserable for 18 years? Mm -hmm. Just like, don't be, your kids want to see you happy and they're not that dumb. They don't want to, you shouldn't be just staying just to fight in front of them for however long. And kids are often kids often like to have you know two Christmases and two batches yeah. of presents or something. Yeah, so exactly. When it comes to marriage, and I love this episode you had with somebody recently that people marry uh, the person in front of them when they're mm. ready to get married, and mm-hmm. I absolutely agree on your take. But let's talk about it a little bit. When we come to this age, like twenty nine, thirty something, like you are expected to get married. As you said, like, if you're not 100% sure, you obviously should not get married. But why do you think people just, like, get into that relationship, kind of even already knowing it's going to be a failure? I think that same reasons as we talked about before with settling. Like, they just mm-hmm. – it's scarcity mindset. Like, they're like, there's no one else. I'm running out of time. Let's go. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And when it comes to rushing into relationships – you had another. I, I just binged, binged, binged listen your episodes today, I love so it. I have a lot of info. Uh, rushing into relationships, and you said that there was this one friend of yours that told you that you got so lucky with Stephen because you were not rushing. Mm. Why do you think that happened? Like, how, how did you not rush? Were you just focusing on yourself? Were you just not really interested in settling with someone? Or tell me yeah. more about that time. I think. I just knew that something better was coming, that it was worth the wait. I knew Mm -hmm. that I wasn't the best version of myself and I wanted to find the guy that I could find when I was not the Mm -hmm. guy before that. Because when I, before I was sober, before I, you know, had a passion, before I had my life under control, I was attracting shit guys and I could have just been like, great, we'll make it work. But I was like, I'm still working on myself. I'm going to wait until I feel like I'm solid and really a good catch. And then I'm going to hopefully attract my partner. And that's what ended up happening. Obviously, hindsight's twenty twenty. Like, I wasn't ca- that calculated about it, right? I just, like, didn't get proposed to before mm-hmm. I was, like, the best version of myself. Thank God. Um, who knows what I would have done if I had. But... Um, I think subconsciously I knew that like I wasn't done. If somebody, they're not happy with where they are themselves, mm. they're not, maybe they're, they don't like their physical appearance. They just, they're just not happy with themselves. Again, I'm saying the same thing, but they want to start dating. Is that something you would recommend or you would say that they should kind of work on themselves first? I think you can do both at the same time. I think you can be working on yourself and dating. But Mm -hmm. if you're not happy, um, you do need to work on yourself because you can't just expect to attract, you know, you need to be bringing what you need to be bringing to the table, what you want. I feel like when you, what you were saying before, like when you were in your twenties kind of lost and doing things that you, you know, don't really do today, you're kind of attracting that same type of person. Exactly. So it's hard to, you know, it's hard to expect that this magical guy is going to come and want to date a person that's not really even happy with who they are today. Mm -hmm. But 
Yeah, that's, I mean, I remember even when I was single, so I had this bad relationship. I mean, it was not bad the whole time. It was bad for a long time. But then when I was single and my self-esteem was just completely shattered and it was, and I just remember that I was attracting such shit guys, guys who were, they had nothing to do in their life. They were just partying the entire time it was it was 2020 or 2021 yeah so obvious like it was covid and it was the you know the world was a little confusing at that time right. but i just re- i remember and even today when i'm answering my questions on instagram i remember being the girl who was asking herself those questions like oh mm. if he you know i don't know why i just remember this but one of the biggest red flags is when there was this one guy that i was dating at some point he would drop me off and he would like drive away before I even entered the oh god the apartment. no that is the biggest red flag. I mean, even your Uber driver, like yeah, literally, <laughs> even your if your Uber driver is treating you better than your man, that's oh, a deal breaker. <laughs> Let's talk about red flags. I I listened to that episode too. I love that episode so much. Yeah, give me a few red flags that you think. Like the first thing that came to your mind right now when I mentioned red flags. Oof. Um. Bad communication is a huge red flag for me. Like, if they're not good at communication now, they're not going to get better. They're going to get worse. Any red flag is going to get worse because people get more stuck in their ways with time. What about day-to-day behavior? Mm. Like, is there something that would you yeah. point out? I mean, as there's a like the standard, flag? like, if they're mean to service workers or, like, people who, you know, d- they don't need anything from if they are not gracious, like they don't thank you and you do things for them. Um, if they don't compliment you, like they're withholding of love in any way, how they act in a fight is a huge red flag. Like if they slam the door and they curse at you and they leave the room and all of that behavior. Um, I think like how they treat the women in their life is something to pay attention to with men, especially. Mm -hmm. Um, and then just like any sketchy behavior, like covering their phone, you know, yeah. anything like that. I think the way they speak about their mom and their mm. exes is such a big indicator of like the way they actually view women in general. 1000%. I have a few more questions before we wrap up. So you have the podcast. How do you... What is next for you? I mean, this this should have been the last question, but tell me more about the podcast and like, where do you want it to go? I mean, it's it's such a staple in the dating world. Tell us more about like your dreams or your, like, where do you want to go? Thank you, first of all. Um, I would love to, you know, reach more and more people, um, be like a big sister when it comes to dating. And similarly to what you said, like, give people what I wish that I had when I was in my 20s dating. I would love to, you know, whether that means like doing it on a show, a dating show, whatever it is, you know, maybe eventually writing a book. Um, I would love to just be able to help people with their dating lives because nothing makes me feel more fulfilled than that. I love that. And I absolutely, I can see even a talk show, like a TV show. Would that something, would you be interested in that? I would love that. And tell me about the other page that you have. Uh, We don't expect salads. 
Mm, that's just a fun food Instagram. I do it on the side. I don't take it too seriously. I just like to post my food. Um, and I've been doing that forever, like since 2014. And it's fun. I, I like, I eat like a child. And so mm -hmm. I often post like this stupid food that I'm eating. Um, ironically, now I love salads, but forever <laughs> growing up, I never had even had a salad. And so that's where the name came from. Yeah, I also wanted to compliment that we met at Acme Name. For those of uh, for those who are not from New York, can you give us a little background of yes. what is Acme? Acme is a bar slash like lounge club in downtown New York, and I was going there all the time when I was single and meeting people, so it was really fun. And I just loved the name. I had a cup a friend who met her husband at Acme, so it it just sounded right. Well, on that note, I will absolutely invite everybody to listen to your podcast we met at acme is there anything else you want to leave our listeners with today any like final thoughts thank you i would just say if they're um if you're confused about how they feel about you they're not interested so um and don't forget to take your advice from coco and myself and <laughs> have some self-respect because you are a queen or king i love that uh, please share your socials all of your Yes. All your pages, all Instagram, TikTok, everything. You can follow me at We Met at Acme, wherever you listen to podcasts, on Instagram, um, on TikTok. And my personal is Linz Metz, L-I-N-D-Z-M-E-T-Z. Did you take Steven's last name, by the way? Not yet, but one day. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. A lot of, I posted a poll recently and asked people, would you take their, your husband's last name? And it was 50-50. Yeah. I was very surprised. Yeah, I definitely won't take it for work, but for family mm -hmm. stuff and like when we have kids, it'll be nice to have the same last name. So eventually, but not today. Mm -hmm. Well, thank you, Lindsay Metzelar, and uh, I'll see everybody in the next episode. Sounds good. Thank you. Mm -hmm.